very appropriate song to play before our message this morning. Just a closer walk with thee. First Peter chapter 3, the end of the chapter, please. Sorry, Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter. You'll notice uh, one verse here that uh, is very, very challenging to say the least. Peter wrote First Peter, Second Peter, with all the exhortations to believers who were sometimes suffering because of their faith in Christ. Second Peter chapter three and verse eighteen. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Notice the exhortation is to grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord. Spiritual growth. He's talking about our uh, relationship with the Lord. And um, we're going to talk about this growth or growing in grace as we think about the subject of discipleship. Because in the passage that was read this morning uh, in the scripture reading, you have the account where Jesus called four of the disciples to himself. And he said, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And uh, involved in becoming fishers of men was the concept of being real disciples of Christ, literally learning from him. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the subject of, um, which was a controversy this past week, the subject of God, does God speak to us today? We handled this subject before. We're going to repeat on it, some of it. Uh, does God speak to you? Does he speak to me? Very important. Well, we can't grow spiritually unless we have communication with our Lord. There's a writer by the name of John Maxwell who has written many books on the area of leadership, and I highly recommend them. Uh, we're all leaders in some area of life and experience. And uh, he's the one that wrote the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Anybody who's going to be in any kind of business or um, leadership role should read that book by John Maxwell. He's a Christian man, and he travels all around the world to encourage people in the area of leadership. Well, he wrote another book entitled The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And by that, he was talking about personal growth. Am I growing in my experience before God, in my own life? Am I becoming more and more all that God wants me to be? Or am I just at a standstill? Now, you say, wow, that's a kind of a heavy-duty subject. You know, I do want to grow. I want to grow spiritually. Uh, I, I want to grow in my life and experience. I'm going to share with you one area of his life that he said, you know, I need to be careful that I grow in my daily experience. And I'm going to tell you what he, um, what he listed to help him grow in his daily experience, but we'll get there. Uh, spiritual growth is what we're primarily focusing on this morning from the Word of God, becoming disciples of the Lord. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And so when he called these four, he called them to be disciples. Uh, those who were discipled, and he would be the one to disciple them. Now, keep in mind, when we're thinking about spiritual growth, 
our position in Jesus Christ, please don't miss this, is perfect. It's perfect. Colossians 2.10 says you are complete in him. Now let's talk about this a little bit. Positionally before God, when you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're in Christ and you're covered with the righteousness of Christ. And technically speaking, positionally, you're ready for heaven when you know Christ. Okay? This is very important. You are complete in Christ. If you want to check that reference out, it's Second Corinthians. Um, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter two, verse ten. There's another reference. Um, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. Uh, there's another reference which says um, in Second Peter chapter one, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. In other words, when you trusted Christ as Savior, the Lord gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you salvation from sin. He gave you the ability to have victory over sin through your faith in Jesus, pardon me, in Jesus Christ. So there's a sense in which we are complete positionally in Christ. I like to say to uh, wives, your husband, if he's a Christian, he's perfect. It's true, but husbands... Your wives are perfect if they know Christ as Savior. In Christ, remember now that's your position in Christ. There's a lot of people who never get a handle on that. They never get a handle on that. Now, experientially, you could be in Christ, but experientially, you may not be growing as a Christian. The Bible talks about being a babe in Christ, uh, really just taking the milk of the Word of God and not allowing yourself to be fed uh, spiritual truth so that you grow spiritually. Remember, Peter said, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should desire to grow. Getting back to John Maxwell, he said, you know, the, uh, the Lord struck me with this uh, challenge for my own life to grow as a person, to become the person that God wants me to be. And he, he wrote a book uh, entitled Today Matters. And he said, okay, if I'm going to grow spiritually, I have to figure out what are some things that I should do every day. Now, you're not going to be able to copy these down. I'm just going to hit the highlights on them. He said, uh, okay, I want to grow in the area of my daily life. All right? If I'm going to grow in the area of my daily life, i got to write some things down that I'm going to do. You're going to like these. these. These are really good. Number one, choose and display right attitudes. Oh, boy, how often have we heard that our attitude affects what we do. Chuck Swindoll has said much about attitude uh, in, in, in a number of his writings. Secondly, determine and act on important priorities. And these are daily things. Thirdly, know and follow healthy guidelines. <laughs> we had a speaker yesterday at the men's conference who said, I'm going to tell you something. He says, for years I haven't been eating right. I gained a whole lot of weight and I wasn't eating right. And he said, the Lord convicted me. And I forget how many hundreds of pounds he lost. That was an exaggeration. But um, he said, I feel good. But he said, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, he said, I didn't feel good. I, I was way overweight. And God spoke to me about it. That's what God can do, right? This is his daily plan. Choose and display the right attitudes. Determine and act on important priorities. Know and follow healthy guidelines. Communicate with and care for my family. Practice and develop good thinking. Make and keep proper commitments. Earn and properly manage my finances. 
deepen and live out my faith in Jesus Christ. Plan for and model generosity. Initiate and invest in new relationships. Embrace and practice good values. Seek and experience improvements. And that was his daily plan. Wasn't bad, was it? I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with any of those. Now, we don't go into every day with a list like that. But we can go into our daily walk with the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Remember when Saul was saved on, on the road to Damascus? The first thing he said is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And on any given day, <laughs> what a wonderful thing to be able to pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And I have 24 hours before me. What do you want me to do? Well, the Lord does speak to us. He called the disciples, as we read in the passage this morning, Matthew chapter 4. And we look into the Word of God, and we see that there are a number of callings by the Lord. We sang two songs, I believe, this morning about how Jesus calls us. There's one in our hymnal entitled, Jesus Calls Us, and at the top it says, Matthew 4.19, Jesus said to the disciples, come and follow me. Where do you hear these words? Awesome. They're in our hymnal. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of life's wild and restless sea day by day. See our daily concerns? Day by day, his sweet voice sound is saying, Christian, follow me. Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store, from each idol that would keep us saying, Christian, love me more. Uh, we as believers... Uh, we don't live in pagan lands where they worship little idols made out of wood and stone and other things. But we do need to be careful. We don't make idols out of things even here in our own lives. Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us in our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease. Still he calls in cares and pleasures saying, Christian, love me more than these. Jesus calls us by thy mercy. Savior, may we hear thy call. Give our hearts to your obedience and serve and love you best of all. The callings of the Lord. Now the first one that most people think about when they think of the calling of the Lord is the call to salvation. I don't know if you can remember and look back to the time you were saved when you trusted Christ as Savior. I do remember uh, when I trusted the Lord, I was about eight years of age or seven around in there. We don't know exactly when it was. I know, I know right where I was sitting when the Lord convicted me of my sin. Right in, the, I remember the service it was at. It was a Sunday evening service. Remember we had a guest evangelist, and he said some of the things like Jake said. Do you know Jesus is your Savior? Are you absolutely sure that you're going to heaven? And I remember distinctly, Holy Spirit convicts me. You, my, your mom and dad are saved, but you're not saved. And so um, he said, if you want to trust Christ and you want somebody to pray with you, raise your hand. Raised my hand, went down to the basement. Our church had a basement. Went down to the basement and prayed with the guest evangelist, with my dad there. We trusted Christ. I trusted Christ to save The call to salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ. See, when you trust the Lord as Savior, what's beautiful is the fact that not only are you saved from sin and promised 
heaven someday, but you're called into fellowship with the Lord, right? So you talk to the Lord every day. You walk with Him. You talk with Him as the number of the songs that we sang this morning. So there's the call to salvation, 1 Corinthians 1, nine. Secondly, there's the call to special service. Hang on with this one for just a minute. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, I've been called to be an apostle. That was a technical term. Uh, those who were sent out by the Lord and those who saw the Lord, we won't develop that. Also, um, the Holy Spirit said to the church in Acts chapter 13, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. So sometimes there's call to special work and special ministry. However, there is the call for all of us to serve the Lord. We can serve the Lord. We can do things to please and honor Him. We can share our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. In other words, there's the general call for all Christians to serve the Lord in the Word of God. And um, we have passages like Ephesians chapter 6 where it says we're in a spiritual battle, we're in spiritual warfare, so we're called to pray. You, you go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and there we're called to share Christ with others. You've been given the Holy Spirit. Well, why do we have the Holy Spirit? Think for a minute with me. We have the Holy Spirit so that we have the power to live the Christian life. And do what God wants us to do. And how thankful we are for the indwelling Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this again in just a minute. But the point is, it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to talk to that person at the store who may not know Christ. Or that person at the gas station who may not know Christ. Or that person that you work with. It's the Holy Spirit who works in your heart and your mind as a believer. And you say, you know... I'm not sure that my friend here knows Christ. Lord, is this the day you want me to talk to him or her? Is this the day? And the Holy Spirit's amazing. Uh, how, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple minutes here, uh, how he speaks to us and encourages us to do the will of God. So there are these calls that are mentioned in the word of God. Uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John were called to be disciples of the Lord. And it, it's amazing how the Lord continues to call people today. Uh, remember I mentioned the call to salvation? I, I was very sure the night I was saved, I was very sure that I needed Christ and I trusted him as Savior. With, with regards to call to ministry, I was sure I was in uh, Scroon Lake, New York. Campside service. Fire be front of us, uh, in front of us. Oh, I would say there were 200 youth there at that time. Scroon Lake, New York. And the challenge from Jack Wurtzen was, if you feel God is leading you to full-time ministry service, if you feel he's leading you to do that, I want you to grab a stick and throw it in the fire. So I started looking around for sticks. And I did throw one in the fire. And the Lord continues to work in my life and encourage me uh, to serve him uh, with the spiritual gift of being a pastor. So uh, the Lord does call us to discipleship. He calls us to serve him. He wants us to be disciples. He wants us to be those who are committed to a close relationship with him. Uh, a disciple is a learner, someone who learns of the Lord. Um, if you look with me at Matthew chapter 5, if you go with me to Matthew chapter 5, you'll watch and see very carefully that the Lord in his earthly ministry of three plus years, he had the ministry of teaching and preaching. 
you'll notice in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them. You see, we want to continue to be taught of the Lord. That phrase is used throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament. In fact, it says in Psalm 50 that the humble shall be taught of the Lord. In other words, we come humbly before the Lord and we say, Lord, we're your servants. We want to do what you want us to do. And Lord, I, I want to learn from you. And that's why it's important for us not only to come to a worship service like this, but to, to get into a Bible study, a small group, um, a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study or meet one-on-one with someone else and study the Bible so that the Word of God can be in you and you can have the leading of the Lord as one who is his disciple. In fact, in John eight thirty-one, Jesus said, uh, If you continue in my word, then you will be my disciples indeed. Now, very quickly... There's another a passage of Scripture that people say, well, you know, if you're going to talk about it being a disciple, you're going to talk about the fact that you, you want to be in the Word of God. You want to be taught of the Lord. Jesus' ministry, he taught the, the, the Word of the Father in heaven. Uh, what else? Well, uh, notice Matthew 16, and we're just going to touch on this. Matthew chapter 16, and notice with me quickly, Matthew 16, uh, 24 and 25. Jesus said to his disciples, to the disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now there's very interesting truth here with regards to what a disciple is. And I'm going to read you a list for that in just a minute. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who enjoys a close relationship with the Lord. A disciple is someone who is taught of the Lord. So uh, you, you might find yourself saying, you know, here's something the Lord taught me recently. Uh, maybe it's about relationships. Maybe it's about your relationship with the Lord. But a disciple is someone who does spend some time in the Word of God so that there might be spiritual growth. In fact, if we're going to grow spiritually, we have to learn to, oh, this is a tough one. This is one of the hardest concepts with regards to the um, structure for discipleship. If anyone comes to me, desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now that's that's hard to do. That's hard to do. Because we make our own plans and our own goals. But you know, one of the challenges yesterday from the one of the speakers at the um, men's conference was this. I spent too many years, he said, running my own life. Now what he said, Shirley? I spent too many years running my own life. In fact, it was the coach of Baylor football. He said, I can't tell you how many years I was running. I was the driver until the Lord used one verse of Scripture in my life. And it was Matthew 6.33 where it said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the other things in life will be added unto you. And he said, this is what he said, he said, I was seeking all these other things in life, and I was, you know, given direction here and there in my own family without even going to the Lord. 
And the Lord spoke to me and said, my friend, you, you, you got it reversed. Seek first the kingdom of God. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do this day? Lord, I want to learn from your word. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you as the disciples did. And he said, my life changed after Matthew 6, 33. Very interesting. So the Lord said again to the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's a lot that has been written in the area of um, discipleship. And uh, one of the best things that's ever been written was written by a man by the name of Cosgrove out of Florida. And I don't think his book on discipleship is available. But just very quickly, and we'll pull this all together, um, listen to these things. He says, now here's what a disciple is. I, I, I just... I think it's one of the best things that's ever been written. I'm not even sure that the book's in print anymore. He said, I studied this subject. I want to be a follower of the Lord. He said, I want to be a disciple of Christ. What does the Lord want me to do? So he begins studying the scriptures, and every time he finds something that the Lord wants him to do, he writes it down. Okay? Let's just briefly look at him real quickly. A biblical profile disciple from looking in the Word of God. Number one, a disciple is a learner. Open and teachable. He has a number of passages. Proverbs 9 talks about being open to learning. Solomon speaking to his son. We do need to be open to learning, do we not? Have we learned everything? One, Howard Hendricks at Dallas Seminary, he had quite a sense of humor and a way to express himself. He said, I, I want to keep the, um, I, wanna, I, I would love to do it this way. This is how he said, I'd like to keep the seniors in seminary away from the guys who come in. Because the guys who come in, they're all excited about the Word of God. He says, man, look at this verse here. This is exciting. And a senior will come up and say, I've studied that. I know what that says. A disciple is one who is open and learning, a learner. Secondly, quickly, a disciple is one who puts Christ first in his life. Remember the coach? Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. And he said, I can't tell you how many years I was not seeking the Lord and his guidance in my life. I was not really a disciple. I was saved. I was a Christian, but I wasn't really a disciple. Thirdly, a disciple is committed to a life of purity before God and takes steps to be separated from sin. Third, fourthly, a disciple is one who has a daily devotional time and a time with God in prayer. I think we know that. We've heard that, right? What a joy. If you do it in the morning, great. If you're not a morning person, do it at night. Do it in the afternoon. Do it during your lunch break and give up the hot dogs. You know, something like that. Um, but God wants us to spend time each day in the Word of God. If you continue in my Word, then you are my disciples indeed. Um, a disciple demonstrates faithfulness and a desire to learn and apply the word of God. We've talked about that. A disciple has a heart for witnessing. You know, if you can say this morning, this is really good. I, I looked at these things on discipleship. See, it's easy to look at the historical reference. Jesus calls the disciples and says, come and follow me. But what did he ask them to do? What are some things that he wanted them to do? Well, one of them, of course, was they were going to be fishers of men. He was going to send them out. There are people out here who are lost and do not, not know Christ as Savior. Um, they're all around us, aren't they? People who need Christ. A disciple has a heart for witnessing. Listen, if you're burdened about someone else in your family, 
who doesn't know Christ. You may be the only one in your family. If you're burdened about somebody you work with, you say, you know, it's a nice person, but they don't know Jesus. That's a sign of being a disciple of Christ. The Lord gives you a burden for those who are lost. A couple more very quickly. A disciple is one who attends church regularly to worship God. This is very important. This really is. God wants us to worship him regularly. He really does. Very important. Um, I know another pastor in the community, and uh, this is, I would never say who this was or where it was, but he was uh, talking to someone who was joining the church. And um, this is not the kind of thing you, you like to hear, but you can hear it and say, that's not me. <laughs> he said to him, now look, I'm, I'm going to join your church, but um, I'm only going to be there about once or twice a month because there's things I like to do on Sundays. And we, I mean, wow. He said it's setting back. And I, I can understand that. It says in the Gospels that Jesus, his custom was to go to the house of the Lord in order to worship, uh, to be with, rather, the Father in heaven, to the place of worship. A disciple attends church regularly. A disciple's fellowships with other Christians. It's so good for you to find another brother or sister in Christ and spend time with them, uh, to fellowship with others. There's a lot of other things here. I want to get to the next one very quickly. A disciple is one who hears from the Lord. I'll make this brief. You remember the big issue this past week? Uh, I'm going to read part of this. You probably heard about the controversy. Participants on The View were discussing reports that Vice President Mike Pence converses with Jesus and Joy Behar said, quote, remember what her criticism with Mike Pence was? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've heard about it. Mm, that's about 10%. All right. It's not bad. <laughs> Joy Behar said, it's one thing to talk about Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus talks to you. That's called mental illness. That's what she said. And you know what? I wish I could read more of this. We don't have the time. If I'm not correct, and it's also called hearing voices. And uh, the, the writer of this article said this. Isn't it interesting that how out of touch some people can be in the mainstream media with regards to what faith and life is about in the community of believers? See, she doesn't understand. Some of you would say, you know, uh, if you were there and, and, and you were accused of being mentally ill because you heard the Lord speak to you, do you know what you'd say? We have to be careful, don't we? Because remember, we're talking about people who do not know Jesus as their Savior. But yes, the Lord speaks to us. Um, boy, if we had an hour and a half, I'd, I'd let you all stand and say, here's how the Lord spoke to me last week. Can't do it. Very quickly, here's the review. Very quickly, and we'll go to prayer. How does God speak to us today? Number one, primarily through the Word of God. You read the Word of God, you see verses of Scripture, and they speak to your heart. Joshua 1.8, the Lord said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Talk about it. And you shall meditate in it day and night. Well, why? Why be in the Word of God? And he had the Old Testament. He had the first five books of the Bible. Why did, he, why did God want Joshua to be in the Word of God? So that you might, um, so that you may observe to do all that is written in it. 
and that you might make your way prosperous, and then that you might have good success. I remember sharing this a number uh, of years ago, actually, and someone came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, I've heard that a thousand times, but I don't open my Bible during the week. But I'm going to start doing it. A disciple is someone who allows the Lord to speak to them through the Word of God. How else does the Lord speak to you today? Through the indwelling Holy Spirit. I'll just mention this one. It's John 16:13. When the Spirit of the truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Romans 8:14. You got to put these two verses together. Romans 8:14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I truly believe if you know Christ as your Savior, and you're here in this worship service this morning that the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and said, you know, you need to go worship the Lord. And you may have talked about it, you may have seen things on the Internet or whatever, but if you're here this morning and you're a believer, I truly believe the Spirit of the Lord spoke to your heart, not, not audibly, but he spoke to your heart and said, I do want you to go worship me today. That's how the Spirit of the Lord, that's how God speaks to us. That's how he communicates with us. Secondly, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, he speaks to us sometimes through other believers. Okay, through other believers. Committed Christians. Chuck Swindoll said this, and this is, this is interesting. Chuck Swindoll said, God makes his desires known to those who stop at the word of God and look at the word of God with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And then God speaks to believers through other believers. And when we listen to others, we seek counsel from wise, qualified, godly people. The Lord may use someone, another Christian. He may use your wife. He may use your husband. He, he may use one of your relatives. He may use somebody at work to communicate to you. You know, here's something that really God has spoke, spoken to me about and perhaps can, you can use in your life. Fourthly, God speaks to us through certain circumstances, and this is where believers learn to look at the circumstances of life. Sometimes there are good things that come along, sometimes there's difficult things that come along, and you say, you know, I step back and I see the hand of the Lord there. I see that God is communicating out of this. Uh, and of course, the big example for the Lord speaking to our country was 9-11. Remember that? Did he or did he not speak to our country? 9-11. Yes, he did. So God speaks through circumstances. And also, lastly, God speaks through the church, the body of Christ. And we come together on Sundays. We come to Sunday school. We come to worship service. And what do we, we always open our Bible because God speaks to us through his word. How thankful we are that God does speak to us today. He speaks to us with regards to salvation. He speaks to us with regards to being followers of him. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, and I'm going to work in your life, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. We can count on it when we leave the service this morning that God wants us to grow in grace. God wants us to grow as disciples. He doesn't want us to stand still. He doesn't want us always to just, oh, I know these portions of Scripture. He wants us to take us deep into the Word of God. He wants His Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts and show us things that will help us to grow as individual believers. Let's pray together.